This presentation is brought to you by the Friends of the Amazing Facts Ministry. Jesus said, I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Now don't miss that Jesus said without a cause, meaning there may be a time when anger is appropriate. I hope you are all in a good mood because I'm going to talk about anger. And if you're already angry, this may go the wrong way. Message title today is dealing with what may sound like an oxymoron, the angry Christian. You know, back in uh, March this year, there was a plane that was traveling from Las Vegas to Hawaii. Sometime shortly after they finally passed over the Pacific Ocean, uh, one of the passengers became very agitated because they asked for a blanket. I guess the plane was cold. And the flight attendant said it was $12 for one of their blankets. And he said, that's not reasonable. He said, you're the ones making the plane cold. And they said, we're sorry, that's just what it is for one of the blankets. And, and it, it turned into quite a stir. At one point then, the 66-year-old man threatened to take the flight attendant out to the woodshed. <laughs> they weren't sure exactly what that meant, but they took it as a threat. And uh, they were afraid, you know, if this fellow's got a temper and we get out over the middle of the Pacific Ocean, um, who knows what could happen at that point. So they turned back and they scheduled, uh, they made an unscheduled landing there at LAX, Los Angeles, and, and uh, everybody was delayed for hours. They escorted the man off the plane, probably wrecked his Hawaii vacation. Somebody commented later, they said, uh, it cost the airline $12,000 to make that unscheduled landing because of a dispute over a $12 blanket. Anger is a very serious issue. You read first in the Bible where Cain became angry with his brother. And God asked Cain, why are you angry? If there's sin at the door, you need to deal with that. And that anger in the heart of Cain led him to kill his brother. The Bible tells us, Jesus said, I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Now don't miss that Jesus said without a cause, meaning there may be a time when anger is appropriate. 1 John 3.12, not as Cain who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. So that's the answer why some people become angry is because they're wrong. I think it was Charles de Gaulle that said, when I'm right, I get angry. Winston Churchill, on the other hand, when he's wrong, he gets angry. So we often argue with each other because I'm right and he's wrong. That's what de Gaulle said. But it's true. Sometimes we become angry because someone's right. 1 John 3.15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Well, maybe before we go any farther, it'd be a good idea to just let's look at a simple definition. What is anger? Anger, a noun, a strong feeling of displeasure, belligerence, hostility, or wrath aroused by some real or perceived wrong. That's anger. 
Now, you might be surprised that there is good anger. Romans 1.18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So does God ever get angry? See, we are made in the image of God, and there is a passion, there is a, a, a righteous indignation. There is an appropriate emotion of anger that we should all have inside towards the just purposes. Um, Jesus got angry. Mark 3.1 And when he looked around them with anger, can't be misunderstood, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, they were mad that he was, he was going to heal this man. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and he was restored. He became angry at their their um, cold-heartedness. Moses became angry. Exodus 32, 19. He came down the mountain after getting the Ten Commandments. And of course, there you again, you get the law. The devil was mad at that, so he tempted everybody to sin. He saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot. Was that the right kind of anger? He was just so outraged that after they just made this covenant with God, Moses has the Ten Commandments still radiating in his hands with the writing of the hand of God and he goes to the people and they're breaking all Ten Commandments. Yeah, there's a time for a righteous justified anger. The early church father, John Christendom said, he who is not angry when he has cause to be sins. For unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. In other words, not being angry when you should be angry can be a sin, because it can be an indifference, it can be a lukewarmness, that you're not outraged, but something that should be a problem. Mark eleven fifteen. So they came to Jerusalem, and they went into the temple, and he began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers, and the seats of those who sold doves, and he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. And he said, you've made my father's house a den of thieves. Now, I don't know if anyone went as far as Nehemiah in the Bible with the church, and hopefully the pastors will not ever have to resort to this. But Nehemiah says, I contended with them and cursed them and struck some of them and pulled out their hair and made them swear by God, saying, You will not give your daughters as wives to the sons of the pagans, nor take their daughters to your sons. Nehemiah said, This is how we got carried off to Babylon in the first place, and you're starting to do it again. And he flew off the handle. John Wesley, he said, He that would be angry and sin not must not be angry with anything but sin. So the righteous anger is the anger against a sin of some form. Martin Luther became angry at the church's abuse of power. He said, when I'm angry, I can write, I can pray, I can preach well. For then my whole temperament is quickened, my understanding is sharpened, and the mundane vexations and temperaments depart. When he saw the outrageous things that were happening in the church, he was animated by this righteous indignation. And if you've ever read any of Luther's writings, you could see that he, he did have a pretty... Uh, animated nature, to put it mildly. 
Aristotle put it this way, anybody can become angry, that's easy, but to be angry with the right person to the right degree at the right time for the right purpose in the right way, that is not within everybody's power and it is not easy. And a lot of times we think that our anger is the righteous anger and it's not. Don't forget to request today's life-changing free resource. Not only can you receive this free gift in the mail, you can download a digital copy straight to your computer or mobile device. To get your copy of today's free gift, simply call us and ask for the offer number shown on your screen. Or visit the web address and download a digital copy. And be sure to select the digital download option on the request page. It's now easier than ever for you to study God's Word with amazing facts, wherever and whenever you want. And most important, to share it with others. What causes anger? Well, sometimes jealousy. Sometimes we get angry when we are being challenged. Peter denied Christ, and after someone asked him the third time, and he knew he was wrong, he began to swear and to curse. Someone feels like they're unappreciated. They can become angry. That's often several of these reasons I'm giving you all kind of points back to selfishness and pride. When our pride's offended, we often get angry. Neglect. Potiphar's wife became angry when Joseph would not accept her advances, and she was w willing to send him to jail. Uh, then there's those who the anger doesn't happen all at once, but it comes as a result of storing things. They just, they've got, they've got this mini storage. And there's some little offense, it's no big deal, they just let it go, but they remember it. And they, they, they file it. And, and then something else happens, they file it. You never know. But finally, they, they, it's like you get frequent flyer miles. And then they send you on a free trip after a period of time. <laughs> you, you ever meet anyone like that? And some people, things happen and you think, oh, they swallowed it, it's okay. But no, they didn't. And they'll process it with you later. But pride is a big problem. 1 Timothy 6.4, he is proud knowing nothing but is, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, revilings, evil suspicions. Now what's the fallout of anger? Anger destroys communication, it generates fear, it scars relationship, and if the truth be told, there's a lot of people that are living with anger that uh, is buried in their lives. A lot of marriages have unresolved anger and so there, because there's no forgiveness, because of slights or grievances or problems or, and they might be justified. At one time it might have been a righteous indignation but you've never let it go, you've never forgiven and so you cling to the anger. I've met people that have been angry for years with people that are dead and you think, well that's really sad. It's like if I let go of the anger Someone's got to stay angry at them. I, they're dead. They're in the grave. They don't know it. But they're destroying themselves with their anger. I read about uh, how costly anger is. There's a professional athlete that made the mistake of hitting his coach and he lost a $32 million contract. Anger's expensive. Some of you remember when Mike Tyson got angry during a boxing match and so instead of just boxing with Evander Holyfield, he bit off a piece of his ear. Well, you realize he lost millions of dollars. I hope it tasted good. Because 
That was the most expensive meal he'd ever bought. Millions of dollars from that. And again, that flight I just mentioned you, over the uh, Atlantic, $12,000 for a blanket. You know, if I was on that plane, I would have said, look, I'll pay for your blanket. Let's just keep going. Let's take up a collection. How many will give 50 cents for that blanket? And let's just get to L.A. and try and calm the guy down, you know? You know, Moses lost the promised land because he lost his temper. And I suppose if I had been leading the children of Israel, I probably would have lost it a lot sooner. But Moses had a temper. And uh, you remember he killed an Egyptian, buried him in the sand at the beginning of the 40 years. And then uh, after, actually he did that when he was 40 years old, 80 years later he loses his temper again. So you may be thinking, I've got it under control for a while, and then it, you got to walk with the Lord. Some people say, well, you know, I lose my temper because I'm Spanish, I'm Italian, I'm Irish, I've got red hair. I'm English, I'm German, I'm, you name it. People say, well, I can't help it because I'm human. You ever heard that? Got it from my mother, got it from my father. It's in the water. We've all got excuses for why we lose our tempers. There is no good excuse. Because when you lose your temper, when you have a tantrum, you are, as I said, basically giving yourself over to the devil. You're creating a window to do things you'll later regret. A bad temper is a very expensive commodity. Moses was not allowed to lead the children of Israel into the promised land because he lost his temper, said, here now you rebels must we bring you water out of this rock, and then he smote the rock, he began to beat the rock with his staff. God said, you did not honor me before the people, I cannot use you. He was to be a type of Christ. Proverbs 25, 28, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls, meaning the devil has access to your life. We need walls. You need self-control. Ecclesiastes 7, 9, do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Now notice how Solomon said that. Do not hasten in your spirit. He doesn't say you should never be angry. But do not hasten to be angry, because anger rests. That means it stays in the bosom of fools. Someone said anger will lessen your perceived IQ. Have you ever noticed that the emptier a pot is, the quicker it boils? The more shallow the water in the pot, the quicker it boils. If a person has a little depth, they're usually more controlled. Thomas Kempis said, when anger enters the mind, wisdom departs. Someone else said, an angry man is seldom reasonable, and a reasonable man is seldom angry. You got to be careful. People out there are always giving everyone else a piece of their mind. You keep giving away enough pieces of your mind, you have nothing left. <laughs> anger will affect your IQ. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, we all boil, just at different degrees. So you want to be slow. Anger is bad for your health. And a lot of people are very conscious about the health message and they wonder why they're not healthy. It's not because of what you're eating, it's because of what's eating you. And if we allow ourselves to be eaten up with anger, you can follow the health message, but you're going to be sick. Angry, cynical people die young. This was a study that was done back in 1989, but I think it's still relevant. 
They tested a variety of men, and those who scored high for hostility on the standard tests ended up becoming four times more likely to die prematurely than men whose scores were low. They also took another 27 men in Coral Gables, and they studied their heart blood distribution, and they asked them a bunch of questions, and they did physical tests and mental tests, and they finally said, think about something that made you really angry that happened. They measured the heart with all these very sensitive in instruments, and they discovered that the one thing that affected the distribution of blood from the heart to the tissue the most was when they were thinking angry thoughts. It released chemicals in their body that restricted the blood vessels and affected the flow of the blood that affects your health. Um, living in sustained anger is not good. Ephesians 4.26, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now this verse has sometimes been misunderstood. Uh, someone was interviewing an old Texan who had been married for 60 years, and they said, to what do you attribute your long and happy marriage? He said, well, we determined early on never to let the sun go down on our wrath. We wouldn't go to sleep until we resolved our differences. And he said, I have to tell you, there were weeks we didn't sleep. So it is a good idea to keep short accounts, but you know, sometimes you'll find if you do go to sleep, even if you are angry, it goes away in the morning. What you needed was a night's sleep. So a lot of times when there's disputes in families or marriages or whatever it might be, rest on it. And things sort themselves out sometimes in the morning. You get a different perspective and you realize it's not that big a deal. Don't ever discipline your children in anger. Don't ever lose your temper in front of your children. Uh, three rules for raising children is example, example, example. There was an author for National Geographic. He was writing an article about the Amish people. And one day as he was visiting the Amish school, the thing that struck him was that None of the children in the playground ever raised their voices and yelled. They all played in a very kind, cooperative way. And he went to the schoolmaster. He says, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this. And he said, I, I don't ever see any of the Amish children yell at each other. And the schoolmaster said, have you ever heard Amish adults yelling at each other? He said, uh, no, I haven't. He says, that's why you don't hear Amish children yelling at each other. When you see kids going ballistic in public, you wonder, what have they seen at home? Not always, but it makes you wonder. Never discipline your children in anger. Jeremiah 10, 24. O Lord, the prophet prayed, correct me, but with justice. Not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. What if God disciplined us in anger? Well, he will someday for the lost. And what happens after the wrath of the Lamb? They don't survive. So if you don't want your Heavenly Father to discipline you in anger, you don't want to discipline others in anger. So what do you do? What are some tips for overcoming inappropriate anger? Because I've told you there's the right time to be angry. All right. Patience. One of the most important things. It says it over and over in the Bible. Proverbs 15, 18. A wrathful man stirs up strife. But he that is slow to anger allies contention. You notice he says slow to anger. It doesn't say you never have anger. Again, Proverbs 16, 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, 
And he who rules his own spirit than he that takes a city. So you pray for the spirit of God to give you patience and self-rule. Do you know the phrase slow to anger is mentioned nine times in the Bible. It doesn't say don't be angry. It says slow to anger. You, you want to make sure that you've got the real reason to be angry. And um, Abraham Lincoln had an interesting habit. One time uh, his secretary Stanton came to him and he was just outraged by something someone else in the government had done. And Lincoln said, I think you ought to write a letter, tell him exactly how you feel. So Stanton spent a day and a half writing this letter. He brought it to Lincoln. He said, so should I mail it now? He said, no, don't mail it. He said, throw it away now. He said, you probably already feel much better. He says, now write one that's discreet and diplomatic. Have you ever done that? Someone does something or they mistreat you or they do something inconsiderate and you type out an email and there's just smoke coming off the keys, you know, and you have all the right words and, uh, and you look at it and the longer you look at it, you think, well, maybe I ought to change that word. Well, I don't need that line in there. I'll delete that one. And don't ever send an email when you're angry. Because you can't undelete, you can't unsend, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you send something when your blood's boiling, and the lady says, oh, I, I, I overreacted, or now that person will never be a friend again. All I need to do is think about it a little more. Write the letter. But use a pencil and paper. Don't do it in your keyboard. You might bump the send button. <laughs> James 1.19, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Pray when you're angry. Sometimes when you're angry, you will feel like praying the least, but it is when you feel like praying the most. It doesn't help if the person you're angry at, if they're asking you to pray. But uh, you may need to. Claim the promises of God. The Bible's full of exceeding great and precious promises, like Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's hard to be angry when you realize, hey, Jesus died on the cross for this person's sins. He died on the cross for my sin. What right do I have to be so angry at them? You know something that helps me not be angry with people? I hear about folks who say they're angry at God. And um, if you trust that God is good, you usually work your way through that. But when you get angry at people, I think about that parable in Matthew 18 of the unmerciful debtor who is forgiven 10,000 talents. And uh, God has forgiven us so much that what right do I have for the little offenses that we have with each other? And the other thing that helps me is I remember that the Lord loves everybody, and sinners are going to do diabolical things because they're being tempted by the devil. So if people do devilish things, that's to be expected if they're lost. You've got to love even those people. Jesus said, love your enemies, right? He didn't say be angry at them. Give them a piece of your mind. A soft answer turns away wrath. Proverbs 15.1. There's an interesting example of this in the book of Judges, chapter 8. Gideon, when he was fighting against the Midianites, he did not call the tribe of Ephraim to go with him to battle, and they felt left out of the victory. They, on their own, they went out and they fought against the princes of the Midianites, and they were going to now have a civil war with Gideon. And it says, I'm reading now Judges 8.1, Now the men of Ephraim 
reprimanded him so sharply. And he said to them, What have I done now in comparison with you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Abiezer? God's delivered into your hands the princes of Median and Oreb. What was I able to do in comparison with you? Their anger towards him subsided when he said that. He gave them a gentle, delicate, soft answer and it defused the whole thing that could have turned into a civil war. Grievous words stir up strife. If you're in an argument with somebody, and even if you're right, you might need to look your eyes down and say, you know, I'll listen to that. I see what you're saying. And just let a person vent sometimes. Don't feel like you've got to tell them how wrong they are. A soft answer in marriages. A soft answer turns away wrath. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. You realize that um, the reason you and I have hope of salvation is because after the devil did everything he could to get Jesus to react at the cross through his trial, through his torture, they did everything they could to provoke Christ. You name something that can be done to make a person lose it, and Jesus never lost it. Because he did not lose his temper we can find salvation. And so he set an example for us. He was thinking about us when he kept us cool. Jesus didn't come to make us stressed. He came to give us peace. He says, peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Be anxious for nothing. Fear not. So many times people are angry because they just, they don't have peace. And the Lord is giving you a peace that the world doesn't understand, a peace that passes understanding. I want that peace, don't you? Don't forget to request today's life-changing free resource. Not only can you receive this free gift in the mail, you can download a digital copy straight to your computer or mobile device. To get your digital copy of today's free gift, simply text the keyword on your screen to 40544 or visit the web address shown on your screen. And be sure to select the digital download option on the request page. It's now easier than ever for you to study God's Word with amazing facts wherever and whenever you want. And most important, to share it with others. What if you could know the future? What would you do? What would you change? To see the future, you must understand the past. Alexander the Great becomes king when he's only 18, but he's a military prodigy. 150 years in advance, Cyrus had been named. Nebuchadnezzar built the city as a showcase to the entire world. Rome was violent, they were ruthless, they were determined. This intriguing documentary, hosted by Pastor Doug Batchelor, explores the most striking Bible prophecies that have been dramatically fulfilled throughout history. Kingdoms in Time, an extraordinary adventure through the Bible's most amazing fulfilled prophecies. Are you ready? Can't get enough Amazing Facts Bible study? You don't have to wait until next week to enjoy more truth-filled programming. Visit the Amazing Facts Media Library at AFTV.org. At AFTV.org, 
you can enjoy video and audio presentations as well as printed material all free of charge. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, right from your computer or mobile device. Visit AFTV.org. Did you know Amazing Facts has a free Bible school that you can do from the comfort of your own home? It includes 27 study lessons to aid in your study of God's Word. Sign up today by calling 1-844-215-7000. That's 1-844-215-7000. Don't forget to request today's free offer. It's sure to be a blessing. And thank you for your continued support as we take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We hope you'll join us next week as we delve deep into the Word of God to explore more amazing facts. This presentation was brought to you by the Friends of the Amazing Facts Ministry.